you are listening to the Spine Whisperers podcast. Please know that our doctors are here to only educate, not diagnose on this podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to find us at www.mfwellness.org. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Matt, Dr. Brad, and Dr. Danielle Lorenscheidt. Hello. Hi. We're going to be talking about a couple different topics <laughs> today. And someone, what what happened there? Someone slid a note. Let's oh. check the note. Let's check the note. It's a free oh, it's yoga. a free yoga. So sign up for free yoga. We're going to be talking about three different uh, topics today. Scraping, taping, and cupping. And we kind of talked about these the last week, but we gave our version of of what they are, which is probably grossly inaccurate. So we're going to have a professional in with us today who Whatever. has done a lot of scraping, a lot of taping, and also a lot of cupping. Yeah. So, Dr. Danielle, can you talk us about your personal, do you have any personal experience with any of these therapies? <clears throat> like, did you have one of these therapies done and you're like, oh my gosh, that makes total sense to include this in my, in my kit to help people? Uh, yeah, so when I was going through school to become a chiropractor, I had a lot of neck pain, headaches, and a lot of like upper back pain. Um, and one of my friends I was going to school with, uh, she was previously certified in ART uh, when she was a CA in another office. And so I started having her work on me. And so that made a big difference. But then we got introduced to the tools, I think like try four or five, so about a year into the program. Mm -hmm. And that, like you could just feel the difference that it went deeper. And so ever since I've had that done, I've always used either my thumbs, sometimes my elbows, or the tools just because I know the benefits. The difference in using your thumbs or Dr. Brad or myself or you, do you feel like the personal experience and the expertise that we have using our thumbs is such a difference and like with the tools it really makes it baseline for everybody like it's easier to get deeper and penetrate and get to the muscle because if you don't have the finger or the or the thumb strength of course we all know that you do but like if you don't have that strength the fact that you can use those tools to penetrate deeper to the tissue i mean that's a big deal for for practitioners i think yeah, definitely. It also helps like when you have longer muscles or longer muscles that are injured, you know, those scraping tools come in handy because your thumbs are only one pinpoint spot. Right. It's hard to work, you know, five inches. You're yeah. really just getting an inch. And so if someone has a trigger point, it's one specific spot. Your thumbs or elbows are great because it's pinpoint. Right. But if they have a hamstring tear or, you know, something in their calf, you're going to want something to scrape. Yeah. yeah. On the other side of that, you know, we were used to using our hands and our fingers. Do you still have a good feel when you're using the instruments? You can still... To some extent, I would recommend using your hands first to feel because that way you actually know where the bad tissue, if you will, where that's at. Um, sometimes with the scrapers, like the tools, all you feel is resistance. And you want to make sure that resistance is actually unhealthy tissue, not the healthy tissue. Um, and when you're looking and diagnosing the actual trigger point or the thing that needs to be treated, do you feel like it's more in the, in the belly of the muscle or are you finding more trigger points towards the tendon, towards the where it attaches to the bone? More of the trigger points are in like the belly of the muscle, um, but when it comes to like the strains of muscle, that's gonna be more towards the tendons. So it kind of depends which injury or which complaint you're working with. And um, we had a patient actually asked today, you know, wh why does my muscle get hurt? And I was explaining to them 
the the mechanics are different for everybody. But what it happens is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that muscle when it gets adhesed, it's like wet newspaper sticking together. And what we're doing with the scraping devices is actually we're we're separating those muscles, but we're also actually realigning those Z lines and getting it to where that that the interchange and the muscular contraction and relaxation are more mobile, more distant. There's more lengthening and uh, contracting. Yeah, so that's basically for the most part. It. Yeah, like when someone gets hurt or injures a muscle, what happens is it's a strain. Those muscle fibers start to tear apart. Now that could be a grade one, grade two, grade three. Most locations we see here are one or two where we can actually work on them. And as those muscle fibers separate, the body starts to heal itself. So you have that healing process within those first 72 hours. What we love to see is when those fibers line up perfectly, but that's not really realistic. And that's why people you know, that got injured back in 2001 are still presenting with the same pain they had today. So it just comes down to realigning those fibers but by breaking them up. So you're causing re-injury to promote better healing. Okay, that makes absolute sense. If we're getting adjusted and our body heals on its own, do we need to do the scraping and cupping and taping or is it like, will our body eventually heal on its own? Like, why would we need those? So it all depends on the patient. Sometimes you can adjust the patient and that adjustment will help reset the muscle spindles and the fibers and they relax. But most people don't have that because we don't live in a near perfect world where you don't have those external stressors and you know, you're constantly moving, constantly sitting in the wrong position. So you have to have something besides just the adjustment. It, you know, it's come a long way. Back in the day it was adjustment or bust. Right. Now we have so many more therapies and that's why I think people get better so much faster. Okay. I think we've even had you on, it's probably been a couple of years ago, but we had you talking about scraping and a little bit about taping, but I don't know if we touched on cupping. Can you go into more detail on what cupping is and why it's needed, what it does? Yeah, so cupping's a little different than scraping. So a scraping or ART, you're compressing the tissue. With cupping, you're doing the opposite, you're decompressing it. So just like our tables here that we use to decompress the low back, Cups go in and they decompress the tissue that you put it on. So it physically pulls the layers of tissues apart. And as that happens, heme oxygenase goes in and reacts and cleans it all up. And that's why sometimes you get that bruising, that discoloration. So we'd like to see that bruising because then we know there's other processes going on in that body to help actually clean it up. And it's newer. I mean, we've seen it in the Olympics, but anything gets underutilized. I think also some people overutilize it if they want to use it instead of stretching. Would you ever scrape the same area as you would cup? Or because they're different, you wouldn't do the same therapies on the same day? I have a couple patients where I will do both. Do both? Okay. Just depending on what they're coming in with. So I have someone right now with epicondylitis of the elbow. And so her elbow is relatively tiny. So a cup's not going to fit on the epicondylitis, like it's just not. So I have to use my thumbs, get in there, but on the surrounding muscles, I use the cups. Okay. So you could potentially scrape, cup, and then tape. Yeah, absolutely. You've done that before probably, I'm sure. Yeah, on her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then um, one of the things that we don't have listed that really anyone in the office can, can do is the laser, which helps push a whole bunch of energy into the tissue, which helps 
the body heal. Like the laser doesn't do anything other than provide the energy. So as much as people joke about it being a magic wand, it's it's not. Well, yeah. that would be cool. All four of those techniques that that are done here are so effective. And especially when Dr. Brad or Dr. Danielle or Dr. Josh go through the process of actually diagnosing what's wrong. If we get the wrong diagnosis, which we rarely do, it's not going to help anything. Correct diagnosis, correct utilization of the tools that we have our, at our disposal, super important, I think. Definitely. Um, my ideal you know, treatment of a patient when they get scraped or cupped is to laser them every time after because what happens is that scraping, you know, we talked about it, it goes in and kind of recreates those injuries, recreates some micro tearing, and that laser goes in and cleans it up and makes it all nice and pretty, which increases that rate of collagen that's laying down to help that healing process faster. When we look at the healing process, is there something we should be doing following the utilization of those therapies, exercises, and stretches regarding getting those muscles back to where they actually need to be stronger. Because if we don't follow up and like, okay, well, we just did all this scraping and now we've, we've programmed these things to be right and all the bones are lined up, like the follow-up is exercises, right? Correct. So after I scrape or cup or anything like that, the first rule they're given is go home and ice. Okay. Mainly so when I see them again, I can still get back in there. It's not too tender. The other things they're given are stretches and exercises specific to that area. Okay. Along with increasing their water and protein intake while healing. Yeah. So we've been more readily talking to people about, you know, this is your, whether you're getting scraped, taped, or cupped, or lasered, or getting adjusted for the first time. Please drink more water. Please intake your protein. Please get sleep. Those three things, even if you do, don't do any of the other stuff, will help your body heal. And we know that during sleep, that's the best time to heal mm -hmm. because your body basically reboots. On a different note, are there any contraindications for um, scraping? Um, there can be. If you have a patient that is on blood thinners, that's always something to take in consideration. Um, or if they're anemic, you know, it's comes down to each specific patient and okay. if you actually know their medical history, which is really important. And so as we as we increase in wisdom and and as we get a little bit older, our skin becomes a little bit more easier to break. Mm -hmm. I think one of one of the things that we like to look out for is people that bruise easily, like absolutely a contraindication, like Dr. Danielle says. Um, that if there's an, an open wound in and around the area, uh, don't do that. And don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, don't touch it. Leave don't, that. Yeah. Leave that. How, how about with the cupping? Uh, is there any contraindications to that sort of therapy? Um, essentially the same things. Everything could be a contraindication. But if you take your time with it and you make sure your patient's doing okay, you know, as long as you're not locking them in a room with cups on them, not paying attention to them. Just you don't leave have them to, in there, forget Right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it too much. And you can visibly see the reaction with the cups. That's the nice thing. They're clear cups for the most part. So, you know, if you do have someone who's on, like, blood thinners, you can try the cups and you can just watch. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do it for 30 minutes, but you could probably get five out of it. Okay. And that's good. That puts a good thought in my mind. How much time does it usually take to do the cupping? 
And it depends, I'm sure, but... Yeah, it depends on, one, what the patient is after, and two, what they're presenting with. So injury cupping is different than, like, muscle tightness cupping. If someone comes in with, let's say, a quad strain, and they want cupping, that's about only five minutes, but during those five minutes, they're going to be doing exercises the whole time. Now, if someone comes in for upper back tightness or low back tightness, and they want to be cupped, it can go anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. Basically what the patient wants, because that's more of a relaxing therapy mm -hmm. kind of similar to like a massage does the uh, the exercises they do during cupping is that involved like contraction and then relaxation sort of exercises or yeah so it's like putting them through squats leg extensions hamstring curls all that's so like typical stuff you would do like in a mini workout routine or have them put them through warm-ups you can do that too tell us a little about about taping and when we would utilize that so there's all different kinds of taping. The okay. taping I use is more for stability or for lymphatic drainage. Okay. So when they have an athlete or someone else who's injured, when I tape them, it's to help support the structure. So it's not like the you know, athletic trainer tape where they make a really hard case around the ankle or turf toe tape, nothing like that. It's typically one to three strips. Okay. Um, and it really just supports the main injured structure. If it's for lymphatic drainage, it's typically one strip, and it's to help get that swelling out of there. And then do they do they immediately take that off the following day? Do they wear it during games? Um, will people come and get taped before games? I tell my patients to leave that tape on until it starts to come off, unless it starts irritating them, then obviously take it off. They're supposed to wear it during practices and games, and they can can come in and get taped before their games. We've had a few athletes do it. Um, other times I also just show them so that mom and dad can do it. And most of the time that tape will stay on for three days or so, right? Yeah, it Depending. depends on how sweaty the athlete yeah, is. Yeah, it depends on how intense it practices. Gymnasts, it does not last. Yeah. They uh, may get a couple hours out of it. What are they, like four hours a day? There you know, sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's harder. But, you know, I have some athletes who are runners. And if it's, you know, their knee, it can last up to three or four days. I feel like the, not this past uh, Summer Olympics, but the previous Summer Olympics, not Rio de Janeiro, but the one before that, I feel like there was, there was a bunch of volleyball players, women volleyball players. Sand volleyball, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, and and yeah. men. And they were, you could actually see the tape. And I feel like before that, people were like, oh, people can't know that I'm hurt. People can't know that I'm injured because, my gosh, I'll just, you know, I'll just, it's we just don't want that to happen and now in the last 10 years it's been i have this injury i'm playing through it i'm using tape because that helps support the structure and i feel like that's such a turnaround because you know especially in hockey it's like lower body injury upper body injury we can, we're not disclosing anything and they're just everyone's so guarded about what's being treated and what's being injured i just think that's such a change i guess yeah, it definitely comes with the contact sports is where they don't want to disclose it because not everyone, but there's always going to be someone who gets a little too excited and they're going to go for it. Or it just catches your eye, so maybe you hit it because of that. Right. You know, versus like in volleyball, they're on the other side of the net. They might yeah. hit it at you, but like you're expecting that to come. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Brad, do you have anything to add? Any other questions regarding scraping, taping, and cupping and or laser therapy? I don't believe so. You're good. I think that pretty well covered it. Um, yeah. I know that um, I'm get I get adjusted every week, but I've been having uh, Dr. Danielle 
um, and Dr. Brad work on me. Dr. Brad's been doing my adjustments the first week of where I was super injured. And now Dr. Danielle's kind of been doing, she's actually been doing a lot of scraping on my trap and into my rhomboid. And the first couple times, no big deal. But I was just telling her, I, she just worked on me yesterday. And I could tell the difference in healing and the fact that all the, almost all that swelling's gone. And it like, I could feel, she was reaching into my soul. I mean, I could feel, I started sweating and everything. I was like, well, wow, that's... So, so far you've had adjusting and scraping. So now I think next, cupping. Oh, yeah. I guess, I guess we could. Taping. You've had laser as well. Yeah. So cupping been... and taping is up next for you. Perfect. I can't wait for this thing to be fully healed and I can move on. But yeah, you're at like three weeks now, or two, two full weeks. Yeah, I think. two full weeks. This yeah. is the beginning of the third. That's what happens. Well, I mean, that's why most of us stay relatively healthy. And we do that because we have this great support structure and all these other doctors take yeah, care of. That's why of we it. have Dr. Danielle and Dr. Amanda here because it's just a matter of time. Yeah, before we're just like on the sideline. <laughs> Like uh, just summing in, like take it's like tank team, but like take us all out because we're we're tired. We'll make sure we bring you guys water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> water protein. Uh, okay, so for myself, Dr. Matt, Dr. Brad, and Dr. Danielle, thank you for listening. If you have any questions regarding the content of this podcast, please email me at drmatt at mfwellness.org. Thank you. Big thank you goes to Hug Monster Sound for all the hard work they put into making us sound so great.